0: He's done it again! Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut! Aguero! Harry Kane does it again for Tottenham Hotspur! Leicester City! Leicester City are the champions of England!
2: What's up everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanReg Sports. we got a little World Cup qualifier special for you as we're almost at the point where all 32 teams have qualified. We have two, two matchups left, and uh, maybe we'll mention them real quick. But we're going to put most of our attention on the European qualifiers as Italy managed to uh, miss the World Cup for the first time in a very, very long time. And then... Uh, Look at you, leading with
0: the actual story and not going the other way around on that.
2: And then uh, no Ireland, and no Northern Ireland. So uh, we'll we'll miss some of the good fans next summer in Russia. Then of course we got to talk about the U.S. Men's National Team and their one-one draw in the friendly against European champions Portugal earlier today. My name is Bastian Noren. With me is Pauli Quistel and Elliot Niblock. And um, yeah, I mean. Polly, I don't know if you thought that I was going to go all haywire that Sweden beat Italy, but yeah, it... yep,
0: that's it. I lost. I lost.
2: Yeah, Italy it failed.
0: It took almost two minutes from the mention Sweden. I, I had it pegged within the first twenty
2: seconds. Yeah, it... <laughs> Italy failing to be or you know Italy failing to make the World Cup. Yeah, that that is the big story, of course, and obviously I'm but very, I would have very pleased. I would have
0: thought you would have said you would have said, and as a result, Sweden makes it.
2: Well, I mean, we can go into the matchup first. So, I mean, Italy, they haven't been playing that well. And then now they lose one nothing on aggregate against Sweden in the playoffs. And uh, they miss out on going to Russia. And, I mean, it's a failure from an Italy. It's a huge failure from Italy's point of view. Oh, yeah. And just looking at the quality of the players that both nations have, you know, Elliot, we were both in agreement then that Italy are huge favorites in this matchup. Uh, Sweden Sweden did a great job. But like Italy
0: aren't, weren't... First of all, they, they yes. were missing Marco Verratti for the second leg. So that was a big, big loss. Yeah. Um, second of all, I mean, in terms of past Italian teams, this wasn't really a good team.
2: No, but it's still a team that should, on paper, beat Sweden.
0: Yes, oh, but but they lost on a deflection. This this team always their weakness was always going to be going forward. It was always going to be a struggle to score goals, and the one goal that they conceded was a deflection.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's it's also I mean it's still remarkable insofar as the Italian you know the Italian streak of making the World Cups is practically twice as long as the United States, right? But it's similar in that Italy just as the U.S. did just don't deserve to go to the World Cup following their final qualification performance and you know the difference is that Sweden is a much better side than Trinidad and Tobago
0: wait 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 that's not necessarily fair like Uh, I think it's totally fair (laughs) I don't think no because the U.S. does not deserve to go to the World Cup at all because of their performance in a competition that is so heavily designed for them to go through. It is an ultra-forgiving format, and it's designed to get the U.S. and Mexico and whoever the uh, number three team in CONCACAF at the time over the past four, six years, that's been Costa Rica. It's designed to get them through and into the the World Cup. Look, the
1: thing is that I'm not not arguing the structure. Like, I'm not talking about the comparative difficulty or ease of European qualifiers versus CONCACAF qualifiers. I'm simply talking on the merits of it's down to these last couple of games. Can you get it done? And both teams didn't get it done in the final ninety. And I think they don't deserve but, but, to go. Uh,
0: that's such a but that's that's so unfair to Italy because for them it came down to two games and they had a bad They had a bad stretch of games in a bet for that. And remember, World Cup qualifying takes place over how many months? It's two games at a time or one game at a time over how many months? So, you know, someone gets injured and they miss a World Cup qualifier in October of 2016 or they miss two World Cup qualifiers in October of 2016. That's that. Yeah. That in Europe, that could trip you up. But ultimately, you know, there's so much more to play. Italy finished their group with 23 points. They, went, they won seven games. They drew two, and they lost one in the group. They, they by no means were bad in the group. In Europe, it just comes down to one game, and if, if you're missing some of your best players you, in November of 2017, that's going to be a problem. To compare it to the U.S., who were just bad for an entire year, is unfair. All right. Well, now, okay. Right. I... Ultimately, they did not play well against Sweden, and they didn't deserve to beat Sweden. And because of what was on the line, they didn't deserve to go to the World Cup. But to say that they shouldn't have—it's not like it's not like they got tripped up in the group stage. And Albania won the group, and they finished second. Spain won the group. They got drawn into a group with Spain, so we knew it was going to be a tough task. And they played very well in the group, and they just didn't play well in the last two games. So, uh, so yeah. You could say. I mean, my the thing to... is that
1: I, these are different names for the same thing, right? It might well, maybe you know, it would be I'm, I'm kind. Well, maybe it would be kinder for me to put sentence. it. Maybe it would be kinder for me to put it this way, Ollie. That they, based on the merits of the last couple of games, they didn't deserve to go, right? Like I, th- that's all I'm talking. You
0: could about. say it. You could say based on the performance and the lifelessness that they threw out on the field against Sweden, they didn't deserve to go. Well, and the fact the that same,
1: Lorenzo Insignia didn't even see the field during that match—well, that's a—that's on fringe. the manager. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. on the
0: manager. And it's again, just, another thing it, that I
1: think means that they didn't deserve to go. <laughs> but, well, that's
0: just bad I, managing. I'm—I'm I'm more just offended that you put it in the same sense as the United States because it's—that's an apples to oranges comparison. What we can agree on, though, is obviously if Italy had promotion and relegation, this would never happen, right?
1: Ah ha 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 although talk about another team where all of their talent doesn't try to make it abroad but just hangs out in syria Ah, which is of course way better than the mls but it's maybe maybe you know oranges to tangelos not quite apples to oranges it's also a huge shame that like when they're given a once
0: in a generation goalkeeper or maybe not once in a generation goalkeeper in Gigi buffon because they do have donnarama coming up right after him but you get a once-in-a-generation goalkeeper and you're unable to build a squad around him that can win a World Cup?
2: Yeah. Oh, I mean, wait! And I,
0: <laughs> oh, wait! I forgot that yeah. 25 years ago when Buffon was like 32, they still won. Yep.
2: I mean, yeah. He he doesn't get to uh, cap off his career with another World Cup, but at the same time, I can't he say He won one. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. I'm happy that Sweden are in, so ciao, ciao, Italia. And uh, hey, Asvadia. So uh, that, I'm gonna leave it at that. There's been a lot of talk, of course, in Swedish newspapers. Will Slotan make a return to Swedish national? You mean team. Sweden? Yeah, Sweden. Sweden? That exactly. arrogant.
0: You mean that arrogant f face? What he tweeted? Yeah. Trying to make it all about him in a for, when Sweden qualifies in a tournament that he played zero minutes in.
2: Yeah. So classic
0: arrogant prick.
2: I don't think uh, it's gonna happen, but. You know, it's going to be something that we'll talk about over the coming months, of course. The other sides from Europe that made it through was Denmark, Sweden's neighbors to the south. Dismantling Ireland. Yes, they really did. A 5-1 win in the second leg. uh, 5-1 on aggregate as well. Uh, Christian Eriksen with a phenomenal performance uh, scored a hat-trick. And um, hey, even Lord Bentner scored in this one.
1: Yeah, you know what's crazy though is that if if Denmark push on to make uh you know if they make it even to the the quarters of this tournament, which will be on the back of Christian Eriksen with kind of like a halfway no, I'm helping carry, I swear, with one hand, Niklas Bentner. But if they do, Bentner no, will Nicholas still Bentner have would some only tell claim you to
0: that. He's helping carry him.
1: Yeah, he's not. At, he's actually on his phone checking Twitter. Um, but he will. I mean, he will have some claim to still being. He's not going to be the best. Say nothing of the greatest striker to ever live. Not even the greatest striker in uh, in Danish history. But he'll be one of them. You know, it's it, it's strange. I mean, and, and this is like only I mean, chance Harry, that he here's has is one song. Harry
0: time. Kane's looking around being like, "Why don't you do this like when you're with me? Why do I have to <laughs> shoulder all the burden for Tottenham?"
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, he's no Ebansand. He'll he'll never be Ebansand.
0: But if I mean I so f- first of all, uh my my big text group with my friends is me, who's American and uh um, well, I mean, we're all American, but I'm I'm Jewish, so I guess my other team would be Israel. Um, my friend who's Italian, my friend who's Irish, and my friend who's Chilean. Like, what are the odds that not one of us would get a single team into the World Cup? Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could do a little nice tournament, not in the tournament tournament with Chile, the U.S. Don't
0: even start bringing that up. The Netherlands. Don't, don't bring up the NIT. Alternative Facts World Cup. I mean, I, it, I, I liked it at first, but now, like, no, like, you, we didn't, we didn't qualify. You don't get to sit at the table. Sorry.
1: No, I mean, there, I saw Scott Van Pelt talking about this on ESPN. That and then but
0: he you had know, to clarify is, the day that he was joking.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just like
0: it's it's
1: absurd. I mean, but it's the thing is that they're going to do it because it is. They won't. Uh, they won't, and I'll tell you why. But. But make your point first. Well, no, I mean, the U.S. are going to push to host a bunch of international friendlies. And they may not get anybody to sign on for anything more than this is just a handful of friendlies played in a country with strong currency, right? Mm -hmm. But they'll probably try to make it be similar to the, oh, God, what's it called? The, The She Believes Cup or whatever that the U.S. women's national team organized as an alternative to the tournament that's been played in Portugal for years. Right, But the difference being that while it's still the same wealthy country, the U.S. women's national team are hosting an Invitational because they're the number one team in the world, Or the U.S. is just like, well, we've got a big market and we want to try to recoup a little bit of that money so Fox isn't really mad.
0: Yeah. Well, no one's going to say that Fox gets the rights to that tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah. Second of all, all right, so in, it, it would only be friendlies. It would, have, it would pretty much have to be friendlies because in order to make it an official and competitive match, uh, FIFA would have to sign on, and there's no way FIFA would sign on because that's going in direct competition with FIFA's premier tournament, which is yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. So who wants to watch a bunch of friendlies? You know What's the benefit of it? You can't cap tie Cameron Carter Vickers if it's just a friendly. Nope. And what, ultimately what it comes down to is this is... This is everything I disdain about U.S. soccer, and this is the problem with U.S. soccer right now that we've are that we been dealing with for the past month, saying we need to change because all U.S. soccer is right now is trying to figure out, how do we make money? How do we make money? Oh, we're not going to play in these World Cup games? Uh, okay. Let's just host games here instead. Let's have a tournament for teams that didn't make it. No, you didn't qualify. You don't get to sit at the table. And if they do stage this tournament, I call on every U.S. soccer fan to just not go to the games. Don't go.
2: Yep. Because
0: yeah. Who cares?
2: Yeah, we'll we'll see if if they get some good friendlies here as teams try to prepare for the World Cup. I don't know if they right. want like to with if, the travel you, and everything, but
0: if you want to go to Europe and play three friendlies before the World Cup to help teams prepare for the World Cup, by all means, those can benefit us too. But do yeah. not start saying we're going to play Chile and we're going to play Italy and we're going to play the Netherlands and we're going to do it on U.S. soil. Get that f out.
2: Yeah. Uh, To wrap up the European qualifiers, Switzerland. They beat Northern Ireland, 1-0 on aggregate. Uh, They got a 1-0 win in the first leg and then a scoreless draw in second. So, uh, yeah, Switzerland, Sweden, not the same country. There you go. And then Croatia (laughs) defeated Greece. I look forward
0: to Switzerland drawing a bunch of games at the World Cup and then losing on penalties.
2: Right. Croatia defeated Greece 4-1 in aggregate. It was a 4-1 win for Croatia and the first leg in Croatia and then a scoreless draw in Greece. So, yeah, that's all the, uh, all the European teams there now. So, it will, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm happy that Sweden made it in. I was very afraid that I wouldn't have any of my two teams in there. So... Sweden in, especially good seeing that Denmark went in, because if Sweden would have lost out and Denmark made it in, it would have been even a tougher pill to swallow. You know what pisses me off the most? What pisses you off the most, Polly?
0: Back in 2015, back when this team was not playing before, uh, I believe, yeah, it was before this podcast started, and before uh, this team was playing any competitive games, before... Kylian Mbappe came around, or Anthony Martial came around, or Ousmane Dembele came around. I started watching some France, and I started what being like, wow, this team is really, really good. I'm pretty sure Karim Benzema was still on the team. And I started touting them to all my friends and being like, dude, guys, France, look out for them next year. Like They are going to be really good for a really long time. And I bought in low. But like no one knows that so i can't now just be like oh i'm gonna root for france now because everybody's just gonna be like oh of course you are they're the best team in the world
2: i mean you can root for france if you want that's fine well yeah but, now,
0: yeah but then i'm an asshole
2: no I, not I, I necessarily
0: already get that. i already get it when people ask me what what my uh what my all right for example i met the men in blazers this weekend uh last week and roger bennett of the men and blazers he, he asked me what's my team and i like looked down in shame when i said manchester united because like i knew what was coming and then he was like oh he's like how come and i and all i said was tim howard and he goes, oh that's actually like a really good reason and much better than you'll ever he- than like most people around like in in the states will ever give you and like mm-hmm. there was a two-word answer so it was totally justified but like what, am I gonna supposed to do that? Like, next summer, walk around being like, hey, guys, I swear I've been a France fan since 2015, since the same way that, like, I watch a lot of Dortmund and I have to tell people, no, I swear to God, like, I was watching them when they were, that year that they were really terrible and Pulisic wasn't even there yet. Like, I got to find another team now.
2: Ah, it is where it is. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more of the World Cup qualifiers and then, of course, U.S. men's national team. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Let's talk a little bit more about the World Cup qualifiers. We have two matchups left, as I said, being played Wednesday. Uh, Australia-Honduras and Peru-New Zealand. Both games were scoreless in the first leg. Uh, do we expect any fireworks here in the second leg in any of these games? or I feel like both of these games can go to penalties.
0: Uh, I just think I just think Honduras are just going to muck it up and do whatever they can to make it disgusting, which is Honduras in a nutshell, which is why they play their their uh, games on grass that's four inches long.
2: Yeah, but now it's in Australia at least at the ANZ yeah,
0: a- I- Stadium in Sydney. They're just they're going to like West Brom it.
2: And I mean this
1: game kicks off at what three forty five a.m. tomorrow morning Eastern Time. Yeah, something crazy like that.
2: It is. I early. mean, hey,
1: yeah. If you're in lo- on the West Coast, maybe you can stay up to watch it, but I
2: will not be. <laughs> no, I don't feel like it's a game where I would uh, get up that early. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But like, I, I, I would say at most, um, Australia maybe they can win it in ninety minutes, one nothing, something like that. Peru, New Zealand, it's in Peru. Don't they play at very high altitude?
0: Irrelevant. They're playing New Zealand at home. They're going to win this. Mm. Uh,
2: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, uh, we should say congrats to to uh, Senegal, Morocco, and Tunisia, the uh, three last teams from Africa that qualified as well. So yeah, we're just waiting for those last two teams there, and then we're at 32, and then we got the draw for the groups on December 1st. So, um, yeah, it will be I mean, like,
0: obviously, it's the World Cup, but, like, we're missing way too much firepower in this.
2: Well, I mean, it, when your old nation misses out, like Sweden did for a couple of years, or a couple of tournaments, it is disheartening, and you're like, it is hard to get as fired up. Yeah, but like, the team's
0: and with the fact the teams that you expect to be there, like the not just not just there, like you know, no chile, uh yeah. the, the teams out of the teams out of Africa that you expect to see, the Ivory Coast, Ghana, like the teams that you're used to seeing, uh, and then and then Italy, the Netherlands, like those teams, that's a lot of star power. And for someone my age, I'm twenty-eight years old. For someone my age, you know, we don't re- we remember the 2002 World Cup. I was 12 years old for the 2002 World Cup. And what I remember because as a 12 year old and with games that were going on at 5 a.m. and 3 a.m., because they were in Korea and Japan, you know, we didn't see much of it. We just all of a sudden captured into it because it was like, oh, the US is running through it. And hey, and then that game against Germany started at 7 a.m. Like, so it was like, hey, we can watch this one. We don't remember much about that for people that became fans in the mid 2000s, which is a lot of us, it's like, those are the teams that, that you, that, you know, all of a sudden they were fixtures for a while. And, you know, like Ivory Coast had Didier Drogba, you know, Ghana had Michael Essien, Ghana became a thorn in the U.S.'s side. Italy won the, won the damn World Cup. The Netherlands had Arjen Robben, van Nistelrooy, and all these players that were relatable, mainly because they played in England. And for people that, Grew up that uh, became fans around when, when I became a fan and are of a similar age to me. They were the recognizable players. Ergo, since they've been there, that since they were there again in 2010 and 2014, they're kind of the fixtures of this tournament, and they're gone. And it it you know, it's hard to say. Like, uh, can I name a Saudi Arabian player? No. Like, you know, who does. You know, Egypt has, has Mo Salah. I know that Iceland could be fun if hey, they Hey, Mohamed El come on. I'm sorry. But, like, you know, Morocco, Tunisia, you know, who do they have? You know, it's, it's hard to get excited about them.
2: Understandable. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, but it's, it's the same thing where, like, you look at the roster of – and I know we probably make too many American sports analogies on this podcast, but I don't – Give a damn. I'm going to do it so anyway. You you look at the roster of George Mason University or the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers at the beginning of the NCAA basketball tournament, and nobody gets excited. But suddenly, when they're two rounds deep into the tournament and they're playing a huge powerhouse franchise, then suddenly it gets really, you know, people rally around them and it gets exciting. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, it's still. We'll end up being excited by, I'm sure, at least one of those teams you listed by mid June of next year.
0: You're you're right about one thing. You're wrong about the others. You're right. So you're wrong in that, like, oh, they win two games. You know, if they win two games, all of a sudden they're in the they're in the Sweet 16 and they're they're playing a powerhouse. But those small teams are playing big teams anyway, regardless. Like right from the get go, and you know, who cares if I don't know anybody on George Mason? I'm rooting for them to pull off that upset. And whatever, but ultimately, what what you are right about is you're right. Is regardless of who's playing in that time slot, I'm gonna I am going to watch. So you know, like when the NCAA tournament comes around, and you know it's what game is on right now, and it's some team named Oral Roberts, and they're playing Michigan State. Like I'm still gonna watch that game, and yeah, I'm gonna hope that this Oral Roberts team beats them. The issue that you have in the World Cup is that sometimes Morocco they take on. Uh, They'll take on Serbia, and it's like, oh, like, what am I watching this for? But ultimately, yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Is when I wake if, when I wake up on Saturday morning, I'm gonna say, oh, I don't have work today. I'm watching the World Cup. Who's all right? It's ten o'clock. There's a new game kicking off. Who's kicking off in this game? Because I'm going to watch.
1: Yeah. Although this is also yet more evidence that Maryland is not truly a Big Ten team because you have not yet been inculcated to root for other Big Ten teams. But there's time, and that's neither here nor there. anymore.
0: No, I will never root for Michigan State, so...
1: Oh, come on. Tom Izzo's great. I'm
0: freaking... To that, that, like, it's not a, a quote-unquote rivalry, but, like, if if you circle... If you ask a Maryland fan, and and especially true the first year that we went to the Big Ten, pick one game that you wanted to win, Michigan State.
1: Yeah, well... Tom Izzo is to Pep Guardiola as Rick Pitino is to Sam Allardyce. So (laughs) he's not that bad, but he's lovable to hate.
2: Okay, back to Zucker. We'll see how the groups shake out here on December 1st, and then we can start saying if there's a game or not that we won't watch. So who knows? (laughs) Who knows?
0: I mean, a game that that I won't watch will have more to do with when it's being played than who is playing in it. Yeah. Any game that I'm available to watch, I'm going to watch. Because it's the World Cup and you get to do it once every four years.
2: True. Very, very true. Okay, let's move over to the U.S. men's national team. And the 1-1 draw played on Tuesday against Portugal. And, um, yeah, they grabbed the lead in this one. Um, Weston McKinney with the goal. And, Polly, what did you make of these youngsters that were brought in to play?
0: That they can play.
2: That they can play.
0: (laughs) That they can play. Like
2: they are professional soccer players.
0: Yeah, but it's it's more just like this was the irony of ironies, and the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life was Fox bringing Bruce Arena into their studio to commentate on this game. That is really weird. So dumb. That is really weird. Because it's not like they brought in Jurgen Klinsmann during the World Cup qualifiers, but like. And and Alexei Wallace just had this look on his face, just being like, "I want to rip your head off." Like because, (laughs) what was first of all, what's Bruce Arena supposed to do in that situation? You come out there, and what and what he did say was the worst thing that he could have said. When he said when they they spoke about Matt Miazga, and he said, "If we were to qualify for the World Cup, you know." The plan was Miazga and John Brooks would have likely been our starting center back pairing. And it's like, really? So Dude, why didn't you start him a month you, ago? Not only started <laughs> him a month ago. Why don't you like, let him go near the team. You yeah, brought him into camp. Oh. Like, like not even just cabin, like you didn't even bring him into camp. And then when you yeah, did bring him blown. into camp in the gold cup, you still played Omar Gonzalez instead of him. Yeah. He played in one game. He scored a goal in that game and you sent him home. And now you're going to yeah. tell me he was supposed to be the world cup. guy? so, what you're telling me is is that he's good enough to be trusted in a World Cup against whoever you might play—Germany, Portugal, Ghana, uh, you know, Sweden, Italy, Sweden, whoever you might play in the World Cup. He's good enough to be trusted against that. But Honduras at home? No, he's not good enough. Why are you are you nuts? And then you sit yeah. there and you and you tout out West, Weston McKinney and you're talking about how good he is. Why didn't you give him a chance? You know, it's one thing if if you're a play if you went out there and you so when did he take over who we beat when we first took over say we beat under a 6 nothing it's one thing if we went out there we beat under a 6 nothing and then we took a trip to panama and you scrape out a 2-1 win against panama then you come home you get the 2 nothing win against trinidad and tobago you get the 1-1 draw against mexico then you could sit there and and then you come against costa rica and say we draw 1-1 or even win that game then you could sit there and say, "Hey, the players I'm picking, I got my job is to get us to Russia, and the players that I'm picking are doing the job." But at no point was that app nothing was going right for you. Your players stunk, and yeah. now you're going to sit here and tout the new guys and say they would have been there at Russia. Then why I didn't mean, you give them a shot? Yeah,
1: it's that's <laughs> Paul. Your passion on this is so indicative of my response to it as well. So it just on the one hand, yeah, it's nice to see the U.S. played well, honestly, and you know they forced a phenomenal save from a Tyler Adams header Wesson McKinney hit the bar as well and the and the goal that they conceded was a horrible goalkeeping howler which you know is bad on the one hand but on the other they're that that close to potentially being 2-0 against portugal's b squad if which, i was yeah, it's if the if b squad coach, but it's
0: if i was a coach after that howler i would have at halftime went up to ethan horvath and showed him videos of every single time that happened to Brad Guzan, and just told him, "Remember, Brad Guzan got fifty-eight caps."
2: <sighs> yeah, and I mean, it's uh, it's a learning progress. young goalkeeper. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah, but it's right? but this but, is what so, I mean. This is why it's bittersweet. It's frustrating to see this group of young kids have success way more. So, I mean, it's it's a one-one draw. It's way more than. Most people gave them credit. core. Stars and Stripes FC in the match preview for this was saying, "Why should we care? Some young players will get, you know, we'll get a shot of them, but otherwise, we're going to get, you know, blown to smithereens." And so they, well, why, they why would they it's say just, that? I never. Whoa. I, yeah, I, I whoa. disagree. With that, I mean, look
0: at the is team. It's this is a good team. What was frustrating right off the bat was it was a good team. We put yeah. a good team on the field, and what's so goddamn frustrating is. That it's it's the same thing that frustrated us for every, for for months already is why were so many players undroppable, right? You, maybe Michael Bradley doesn't you know maybe we're, we overreacted and said Michael Bradley doesn't deserve to see the field ever and he shouldn't be out there all the time. All right, maybe he has use and we could definitely use him and he played well in that in that game down in Orlando when we won four 0 but. That doesn't mean he has to play every game. If we started Danny Williams and Weston McKinney against Trinidad and Tobago, just start it. They didn't have to play 90 minutes. But if we started them in that game, we get the result we need.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a pithier way to <laughs> get at what I was kind of yeah, but, frustratedly I, I, shouting towards.
2: Yeah, it is frustrating to see, but I also can't really wrap my head around Fox deciding to bring a rename. We touched upon it right as we got into this, but... It just—it's uh, I mean, like, so awkward. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, like, and yeah, like Alexi. Like, I mean, I, maybe it's just because everybody else that Alexi Lawless hates, like, wasn't available because at no point in his life has he ever felt comfortable on that Fox set. He always looks like he wants to rip someone's head open. But but he did
1: But the thing is that he's, they still keep him on a tight enough leash. And I, I, I wish that he'd said exactly what you did, Paulie. It's like, Oh really? Well then why didn't you cap him before? Why? Well, wasn't they he, kept him on a leash tonight. They kept, yeah.
0: him, cause I did see him. So I was, it was the, uh, the men in blazers last mm-hmm. week had their, what, I guess what crappend show. No. Um, about the U S and it was at the Gramercy theater, which is about two blocks from me. And they had a post-show drink, um, at the bar, literally a block away. So I was like, mm. I'm going to go to that. So I met them. saw Alexi Wallace, spoke to him a bit. I, he's still flying off the rails. The yeah. craziest thing was the fact that like, if you didn't know what was going on in that bar, you would have walked in and seen Alexi Wallace and not known it was Alexi Wallace. Yeah. And, and that's even if you were a soccer fan. And what's even crazier is I walked by Hercules Gomez uh, who, you know, played in a World Cup. I walked by him a couple of times, and only when I saw a tweet that the, that the men and blazers put out the next day of the very unique jersey that Gomez had been wearing the night before did I go, Oh, wow, I walked, I actually bumped into that guy last night. Like, I would have never in a million years known that that was Hercules Gomez. Like that's so. It it, it's a testament to like how anonymous these guys still are, which I think goes back to Taylor Twelman's point that he was making when we failed to qualify. Of these players aren't under any pressure. Like when they come home, no one's going to recognize them on the street. It. it, I'm 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 on some weird tangent right now, but what what it ultimately comes down to. Yeah, reel it in,
2: reel it in, (laughs) because we got to wrap things up here.
0: Is. It, it, I just I don't I don't get it I don't get how you could bring on Bruce Arena ultimately to sit here and and talk about these young players and how glowing they are, and then and unfortunately not have the the stones to call them out and say, well where were they, you know, it uh, like I just said before it's not like we were winning all of our games and it's not like we needed to start all these guys you know one two three of them that's it like you you still could have put bradley on the field you still on un- at my despair put josie Altador on the field but like where were some of the other guys
2: yeah bruce you could have done better with that we're going to say a good good night or goodbye uh as always you can talk to us on twitter i'm Seb Noren polly's p Quistel, elliot is keith was better give fan drug sports a fall as well and we'll talk to you again later in the week until then have a good one bye bye